Hi to all our listeners. This is Coach Chelsea, the host of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, a place where athletes, coaches, and athletic professionals come together to talk about faith, sports, and servant leadership. We hope that this podcast blesses you. If there's anything we could do for you, please find us at the Chelsea F on Twitter, at Chief Friend John, C-H-E-F-R-A-N-J-O-H-N on Instagram and streaming live at Chelsea F. Muir on Facebook. We pray that you continue to be blessed and continue to serve as God would ask us to. Um, but as always, I thank you guys so much for being here. If you're new to the call, I don't think that is the case, but I'm Coach Chelsea. Um, and today we have Coach Francois Bedell, but most people know him as Coach Q. Um, coach Q, I met down here in Tallahassee when he was the head coach at Tallahassee Community College, and he did amazing wonders uh, for that program, even brought them a championship, a national championship while he was here. But the biggest thing that I love about Coach Q is just for as much that he puts forth on the floor and coaching those young ladies and young people, because he also trained our young ladies and young men trying to get to the next level while coaching on the college level, he cares more so about them becoming better individuals. So when we start to speak about servant leadership, he is a podcaster, an author, a coach, just been appointed the new head women's basketball coach at the Odessa College. Um, so I'm so thankful to have you here, Coach Q, um, just to talk with us and impart some wisdom with us. So I'm going to go ahead and pass the torch to you, my brother. I thank you so much for being here. Oh, well, I appreciate it. And um Thank you for having me and thank you for thinking enough of me to share with uh, such a, an amazing group of people who uh, give uh, their lives. And, and I'm seeing some people jump on that I, I'm familiar with, um, you know, and, and had the opportunity and some people had the opportunity to coach um, members of their team and all their, their family members. And so I appreciate uh, being here and uh, through this time, like I was saying earlier, I, I, it's just been a, a great opportunity for me to kind of reconnect um, spiritually with myself, spiritually with uh, my family, and uh, and to where I want to go. And um, I, I've had the opportunity to uh, kind of go through uh, some adversity uh, with coming to leaving a program that I ran that, that I, I had worked hard to build, and then you know, God moving, thinking for opportunity for my family. I moved to Springfield, Missouri, where I used to live and where my dad is from. So I had family uh, here in Springfield, Missouri. And then, uh, you know, uh, you go through uh, adversity and you're trying to find yourself in new roles and new position, uh, you know, as not as a leader, but, you know, kind of that supporting role. Um, and I really believe that uh, leadership is really co-active. Um, and, and that's what I try to impart to, um, my student athletes that, you know, one, you got to learn that lead from within you lead from, uh, the front, you lead, there's lead position from the back and then there's lead positions from side to side. And each of those positions allow you to lead in a different way, but require a different, uh, skill set. Um, and, one of the things I'm learning in the doctorate program, I'm working on my doctorate too and getting my PhD in strategic leadership. And so I really have had the opportunity to really look at myself throughout the years of my coaching and 
look at the people that I've worked with and worked for um, through uh, the theory of leadership and really breaking down. Um, I, I thought I was, I thought I knew leadership, but then when I got into this program, we began to really look at leadership and all the types of leadership that uh, theories and approaches and forms of leadership. And so um, as I looked at my career, I began to see uh, the different types of leaders I morphed into and, and who I truly became. Uh, in the year that we won the national championship, I truly became probably the leader that God has called me to be. And up, for, up before then, you know, um, I had taken on, um, I think coaches that step into position take on many different types of personalities and head coaches because we're trying to mimic or emulate who mentored us or who we played for or who we played under um, or who we were coached by. We emulate those people. And I'm not saying that they're good or bad, but it, most of the time it isn't the person who you are generally. And so I think there's a, we call it trust the process. There's the process of truly trying to figure out who you are. And as we walked into COVID, I walked into a situation where, you know, um, after a year, my boss wanted to go in a different direction and I was okay with it. Um, I had started doing some other things to transition. And the other thing I tell coaches, you know, um, the human, we're human beings. And so we're being, and I, and I think we forget that as coaches, we're just coaches and we're going to stick to this and this is what we do, but we have, we're human beings and we have to start being, and that means transitioning. And that means always moving forward, always moving and trusting the process and moving through life and growing. And so through the whole time since 2012, I've always, uh, I got caught and I, t I tell the story in the article I wrote, I got caught with my pants down, um, you know, coaching at Mississippi State, we were highly successful. Long story short, coach retires out of the blue. And so um, left without a job. I'm kind of left homeless. I just bought a home. And so I, like every bit of the money I had saved, I kind of gave to my mom and dad because my mom was dying of cancer. And so that was kind of gone and I had to go into my life savings. So I was bottom up, like, and I said, I'll never get caught like that ever again. I will be in always in transition and always protecting myself and, and not putting everything in one basket. And so those that strive to be college coaches or anything, I always tell them, don't put everything in one basket. Learn how to be an entrepreneur. Learn how to be a solopreneur. Learn how to uh, create opportunities for yourself that allow you if anything happens like your coach wake up one day and on the wrong side of bed and say they won't go in a different direction. You're not sold all the way completely out by this situation being where you don't have anything else in play other than coaching. So I always tell people, learn, learn other things and use your talents, allow coaching to help you use skills that, will move you forward in any direction. So if you have a master's, you can always teach at smaller schools. If you have a doctorate, you will always have a job because you can go into professorship. There's one reason why I'm going to get my doctorate degree. So when coaching is over, I can move into other things. Um, and so with that, that also comes leadership. So you're learning 
these skills and these traits. And so one of the things that we've studied um, as my son wakes up uh, is this week actually is servant leadership. Um, and I began to learn this. So let me go get him real quick. Guys, I laugh really um, hard because I told him, much like Coach Kendra that's on here, I said, when he mentioned to me, he said, I just put him down, hopefully he'll go to sleep. I said, you messed up right there because you should not have said anything. But he's so cute, so I'm I'm glad you all know we're children friendly. That's what I thought of right away, too, when he said it. I was like, oh, that sounds like me. (laughs) Yeah, there he is. So we we began to look at uh, servant leadership, and I began to learn what servant leadership is because, you know, we take the reference of Jesus, and everybody talks about Jesus and, and how Jesus led, and so um, a lot of people don't know all the the qualities that go into servant leadership when we talk about, you know, um, as we study, there are 10 characteristics that make up servant leadership and, you know, listening, empathy, healing, awareness, you know, these are some of the things that servant leadership, um, you, you have to have in being a servant leader. And so when you look at all those things, those are things that, you know, I didn't really understand, but those are things that we all are doing in coaching. We deal with kids every day that we have to heal, you know, because, you, you deal with more kids that probably need a touch uh, of encouragement, a touch of love. You know, um, that's what we, we have to be mindful of. And love is not always goo goo gaga. Love is that accountability sometimes that hurts when, you know, um, you, you tell them no. And, you know, had one young lady, Jamika Edwards, tell me she just looked at me because I had just chewed her out. And, you know, and I'm not the easiest coach to play for at times. And, you know, Coach Daniels' daughter can tell you, I, I hold them to accountability. I hold them uh, strong to what I feel like the world is going to bear on them and prepare them for. But at the same time, I love them. So I jumped on her heart because she didn't meet you know, the expectation that I had had and set. And she started laughing because she made a bad grade. And I'm like, that's unacceptable. You know, and I'm I'm chewing her out and she wanted me to give her work study. And I said, I'm not giving you work study if you can't uh, make a, a better grade than what you have. Because that is, that is giving me, that's me giving you something you don't deserve. You know, and so with that, she just turned and she looked at me. She said, you right. She's like, man, you know, I love you. And I, and I go, well, I appreciate it, but why, why do you love me so much? And, you know, she goes, because my mom and dad would have never done that. They would have just gave, give me what I wanted. And so at the same time, we, we are called to hold these young ladies and young men to a standard. But, you know, I believe we have to live that standard if we're going to ask them to be of that standard. And, you know, and sometimes it's, it's hard for these young people to understand what that standard is. And so I tell people all the time, it's like, you know, one thing that people will know out of me is, you know, sometimes I don't have a filter. Um, I'm very blunt. I'm very uh, to the point. But 
I'm consistent. You know, I'm the same person um, every day. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to ask, I'm going to demand. I'm not going to ask anything of you that I wouldn't do, you know? And so I'm the first one in the office. I'm the last one to leave. I will clean the toilet. I don't, I don't care what it, whatever it takes for us to be the best that we can possibly be. That's what I'm going to be. Cause like I said, I told you leadership is co-active. You know, sometimes I have to leave from behind. So sometimes I got to let our kids leave. Sometimes I have to lead with them and we're side by side. Sometimes I have to take the front run and I have to lead and I have to make those hard decisions because, you know, later in life, that hard decision is going to come and you're going to have to make it and you're going to have to know what it looks like. And so at the same time, we have to be an example of who we say we are, what we say we're going to be. So people say, okay, you're an entrepreneur. Yes, I'm an entrepreneur as well as a coach. Well, how do you? How do you do all that? You know, I've been accused of self-promoting. Well, on, well, I said, last I looked, I said, I went to your social media page and you had 5,000 people and I saw 1,500 pictures of yourself. Is that self-promoting? I would think that's self-promoting. So in some form or fashion, we all are self-promoting and we have to promote ourselves, especially if we're doing the right thing. Because more people have to see godly-like things in the world because, like, we're being overshadowed by things that are not of this world. We're being overshadowed by things that are, people could care less about, but they give more attention to, they give more attention to a young lady being destructive. And I think all y'all probably seen it on social media where she took the gas can and blew the boy's car up and, and, the, and the fire came back and blew her out of the car. That has got more hits probably than someone doing something positive. So, like, sometimes I just look at it and I get confused on, you know, what it is that the world really wants. And I think sometimes we, we, we get exactly what we're supposed to get because I look at the majority of what we do. And so that we are called to serve in a way that is different. Like I tell people all the time, I'm misunderstood by a lot of coaches and a lot of people in the business because of how I think. And I think so much outside the box that most people think one, I'm crazy or two, um, he don't know what he's doing. And then you know, then we go take basketball, for example, you know, then we go and we do stuff that ain't never been done. Well, at the same time, it's like, you know, it's so many people that are so scared to think outside the box because it's, it's somebody's going to judge me for having my own mind or my own way of doing things, you know? And so being a servant is also understanding foresight being a servant leader is having foresight within what we do you know foresight of knowing that you know um i kicked my best player off the team in 2018 she's averaging 24 points a game everyone thought i was crazy but i had the foresight to know that we're not gonna win anything if she stays on the team 
And so I, I, after we played Gulf Coast, I kick her off and we go 10 and one. You know, she was the first team all conference the year before. Um, she just signed with Troy and, and everybody and AD was like, eh, I, I, I trust you because you can usually do the right thing, but I, are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. We're not, we're not, this, we're not going to make it because the foresight to me was I had dealt, I had taken all I could take with her attitude, the cancer that she was bringing. And so for me, I wanted to save 14 other kids and I was tired of saving one kid and sacrificing 14 other people. So I was like, I'm going to sacrifice this one, even though she's our leading scorer right now. I'm going to sacrifice because I believe I've trained and I believe in these kids so much that all of them are going to step up. Everybody's going to step up. So we have to have the foresight even to speak into other people when they don't know that they have the potential. We need to speak life into those kids. And every one of those kids stepped up. And she said at home on TV, watched us on TV as we won. and my everyone was like oh you did the smartest thing well it, it didn't I didn't know it was the smartest thing when doing it I just knew that God had given me a foresight and he troubled my heart because it took me three days to make the decision and on the way home God gave me confirmation you know that I needed to do it and so I really feel like servant leadership gives us when we practice and we stay in tune, it gives us that foresight. But we also have to be stewards of the people we are working with and the things that we are given. And so I still had to be a steward over this young lady. So I said, okay, you're not going to play anymore, but I'm going to allow you to keep your scholarship. Because most people would have kicked them off. They would have 48 hours leave. You're going to keep your scholarship. You're going to stay in school. I'm going to help you get to Troy. We're going to stay on you academically, but you got to do your part. And so my, my stewardship was to honor what I had told her I was going to give to her because it wasn't just basketball. Like I wasn't my, 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 what I was uh, promised, what I promised you wasn't just basketball. What I promised you was the opportunity to change your lifestyle and change your life and change your future. That's, that was my promise. Basketball was the tool that allowed us to help you get to those things. And so I kept my promise because I I was still a steward over what I was given. And I was given this young lady to help her. Well, at the same time, we've got to understand these, these young people have to learn how to help themselves as well. You know, and so in that, we've got to teach them that as well. And then we've got to teach them the commitment uh, to keep learning, and I, and I tell you, through the last eight years, you know, I've had to unlearn, I had to learn, unlearn, and relearn, if that makes sense, and and there's a lot of things that I thought I was doing well, and then I learned that I, I you know, I wasn't that good at it, and I needed to uh, reevaluate, and then I had some people tell me, Q, you know, you got to change, and you know, and as I looked in the mirror, I constantly looked in the mirror and reevaluated re myself. And so uh, in order for me to help these young ladies grow, I had to learn how to regrow 
and I had to grow. And I don't think we really truly started moving forward in our program at TCC until I made the commitment to start growing myself. And I went and got a, a coach. And so a coach started coaching me. Um, and I, and I got deeper into, um, myself and, and working myself. And, and so I feel like when you do those things, those things, um, start to really, truly, uh, help you, uh, look at the whole picture of not only just your, your life, your career, but it helps you put a lot of things in perspective. Um, and then those things help you allow you to be able to articulate those things to your kids in ways that they see you as a genuine uh, value in their life and and not just a person, but a genuine value. Because at the end of the day, I can have genuine people in my life and they can be gone, you know, after our experience is over with. But when you when you are a genuine value to someone, they value you so that they will always be a part. And so um, those young ladies, and some did wholeheartedly and some did at the moment, and then, but then some are a lifetime. But there are a bunch of young ladies that I still coach today that reach out for advice, reach out for um, wisdom, reach out just to connect, stay in contact. And so, you know, it, and it didn't really... Um, hit me until the other night when I had six former players call me on Facebook and um, they were, they were players that I had coached my first year in college. And um, one of them is the head associate head coach at Morgan state. And then the other three are playing internationally. And, and so, um, and the other two are just living life, got kids. And, and we're, as we're talking, we're talking about that first year and we're laughing about, how I didn't know as a coach, I didn't know anything. And they were running me. Uh, they were playing me, uh, all kinds of stuff. And I had to learn real quick, uh, you know, to, to get, to get on board and get, get in the game because, uh, you know, they were pretty smart in you know, doing what they wanted to do. Uh, but at the same time, you know, to see where they all are now and for them to say, coach, you know, the biggest thing that we take from you was your heart and your passion towards, you know, people even then. Like, you were the one that went to study hall. You were the one that uh, would be at class when we walked into class. And not because you had to, it was because that's who you were. And you're the one that sit down with us and, and talk through projects. And, you know, you're the one that, you know, that when we needed something, you were the first one uh, that we would come and talk to. And, and so that just kind of just gave me, you know, uh, an encouragement of why we actually, why I actually do this. Why am I still in this crazy business? Cause our business is crazy. Uh, when we depend on young people and we, we, you know, especially, you know, uh, college coaches, uh, where there's a lot of you either you win or you lose your job, you lose, you know, and you've got, depend on 18, 19, 20 year olds and you put your life in their hands. But at the same time, that's the very reason why we put our lives in their hands is because you get an opportunity to be in a position to have one of the most rewarding jobs in the world. And that's changing lives, you know, and, and that's truly getting to see people 
do something that they wouldn't, you know, not, I wouldn't say normally do, but do something. Some kids do something that they probably would never do. Um, you know, and, and I just think of Japonica James, uh, and you, you guys know Pritchard, Alabama, it's a rough place. I mean, it's a hard place to grow up, a hard place to see. And for a, a young lady coming out of special education and to come to TCC and, you know, we battled, but at the same time for her to walk uh, in graduation uh, this past week at Troy University, when everybody in Mobile said that she would be back home in week two of coming to college and would never make it through Troy and to see her graduate, I mean, those are the things um, that make you believe and make you keep doing it. It's like the golf shot. You get that one perfect golf shot and you get a hole in one or you get a, a birdie and I'm not quite sure, but I know you hit that shot, that, that one shot keeps you coming back more and more because you think you can, you think you can replay that over and over again. Um, and so, you know, I just encourage you to keep swinging. Uh, at these kids, because you've hit perfect shots, you, you've hit eagles, you've hit uh, hole-in-ones uh, with the type of kids that you're working with, and, you know, you got, you got to keep playing the game, because there's so many more kids that need, you know, what you're giving and what you're doing um, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, a lot of these kids don't have the support, um, and you are that backbone, you are that support. And so um, I just keep encouraging you. And my last thing is one, one of the things that has inspired me uh, in this time, um, like Chester said, I've published three books and I'm working on uh, my fourth book. And the fourth book is with, uh, <laughs> the fourth book is uh, a group that I, uh, I, I'm basically co-authoring. I'm facilitating a co-authoring program where I've taken six I have seven coaches in it now. I have seven coaches, and they are telling their story. And, um, and some of the stories that they are telling, because uh, it's called the, Champ the Champions Co-Authoring Program, and this volume is the Coaching uh, from the Heart, the Untold Stories volume. And, um, and each author will have an opportunity um, to become an author. They get to sell the book. I just kind of facilitate it. But it is some of the stories that are being told um, are just, just kind of heart-wrenching. They're amazing. Um, you know, our profession allows for some of the most untold, uh, unforgettable stories I think there is. And so that idea came up because when you go to the final four and you're hanging out and you hear all these different stories. And so I thought about like, man, I'm going to, I want to help write a, I want to write a book about all these different coaching stories um, and overcoming adversity, uh, success stories, championship stories, uh, coaches that have never won. And they tell their stories about how kids lives have changed. And, and just because you don't win a championship or that you, you don't win a bunch of games doesn't mean that you're not making a difference. Like I tell people all the time, they're some of the best coaches are coaches who, who, who weren't very successful. But then you look at the track, the real track record, and you see the lives that they, they, have, they have changed with them um, being a part of these kids and young people's lives and being a part uh, of a world, 
of their calling in which God called them to do as coach. And so, again, um, I just encourage you to keep keeping on. And, and through this pandemic, you can, you can be more through this time because this is a time where we probably need it as leaders, as coaches, as servant leaders, as men and women of, of Christ. This is a time where we'll probably need it more uh, than any other time in, in history. Uh, is, is this time right now. And so I tell people, if you truly want to make an impact, this is the moment to do it. Um, and so we will tell a lot about a lot of people, whether they have taken this time and really done something with it, or if they've taken this time and really sat on the couch and waited on the pandemic to end. And I just kept telling people, I'm not waiting on the pandemic. I'm, I'm going to make a difference. Um, I'm going to make an impact. Uh, because when this is over with, you know, the things that I'm doing, and I'm not necessarily saying I'm going to make millions of dollars, but, you know, um, when God decides, and Lord willing, not soon, but when he decides to take me and I go on and join him and uh, Marvin Gaye, my mom and dad, my, my mom uh, in, in heaven, um, I want to have left something here that would have changed uh, people's lives and that, when I leave here, we'll continue to make an impact. And uh, that is my goal. I want to leave legacy. I want to leave a legacy. And now it is even more important to me to leave a legacy because I got this young man. And so now um, I want to pour and leave something uh, for him to, to model and to be an example of. And, and for me, the best thing was to do my job very well, and then to tell my story. And, and hopefully he can pick that up and continue to tell the story, um, you know, down the line. And you know, the other thing that I'm excited about is we are, we are our last name. You know, we, we are our last name. And I tell people all the time, I am a, you know, I'm a, a Bedell and I, have a, a Bedell boy who will make more Bedells. And uh, it is it's my job to make sure that I do everything in my power to make sure that I, I leave him something, uh, like I said, to, to role model by. And he's watching. I mean, he's watching. Uh, and and I, take, I take Coach Daniels for an example because he's done a great job of being a father uh, being a community leader, and and I point him out because he he has two wonderful kids who lead and who have led by example. And you know, you look at you know, and I pray that when someone looks at my ch child, they see me. And when I look at his children, I, I see him and his wife because they raised them in a way that they represent who they are by how they act, the manners. Um, how they represent themselves, how they go to class. And so at the end of the day, you know, I, I hope that someone sees, you know, my child and sees me in that light. Um, and, and, you know, and I use him as an example because I was in Tallahassee and I got to see him and I worked with his daughter and I saw, met his son. And so you see all those qualities that you see in him and, you know, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. Now, sometimes that, apples drop by the tree and they roll and you know when they get to rolling you can't really control 
where they roll, and then hopefully they'll hit another hill and roll back. But at the same time, you know, we we are we are our last name, and so we want to we want to be people who, when someone says a Bedell, I want them to understand, you know, when that name walks through the door, they know what they get: accountability, you know, a standard, um, excellence. I want I want my last name to represent exactly what I want uh, to be and people to look at me in life. And so, you know, I'm excited uh, to see what the future holds and I'm excited to see what it holds for all of you all in this pandemic. And Chelsea, I don't know if you open up for questions and answers, um, but, you know, if anybody has any questions, definitely ask. That's absolutely what we do. I'm going to say this now that you're finished. I, I was going to type it, but I didn't want to jinx it. That is the most well-behaved little man. I'm telling you, and you probably oh, uh-uh. no, but he sat there the whole time, attentive and wrote like Rose's eyebrows to things like he knew what you were saying. Um, but I'm just gonna say before I open it up, you know, I love everything that you're saying. And you're so right when you say that. You know, my mom, she's probably doing something else, but she's on the call, and my last name is Johnson. Now Muir. But that Muse name is not just the name, but it's the face. And I can be in the store. I can, well, there you go. She, you see her now. So I can be in the store. I can be anywhere. And they'll say, you want an amuse children. Or when I was in school, you want an amuse children. Oh, I know I shouldn't have a problem out of you. So you're so right about that because that name carries weight and it carries favor. And mm-hmm. so when we're moving, we're supposed to be moving so that we can leave that legacy, not only a name, but those blessings to continue to roll after generations. I tell this story all the time. I was in the store and I laughed. I had uh, my friends laugh. I said, thankful I wouldn't buy anything crazy. There was somebody that said, you look like a man named Deacon Muse from Midway. And I said, that was my grandfather. He said, let me get this for you. Bought everything that was on the the belt for me. I said, you don't have to do that. He said, if I I don't have the time to tell you how much he's done for me, I'm gonna do this for you. Mm -hmm. And, And those are those things, not only your legacy and name, but those generational blessings that will keep coming when we continue to do what God has us to do as servant leaders. So thank you for that. And I'm gonna go ahead and open it up. If you're new guys, we're family. Just go ahead and unmute yourself and any question or statement you have for coach, have at it. Hey, Anna. (laughs) Hey coach, this is Kendra Aaron. I just, first of all, like, uh, like Coach Chelsea said, oh my gosh, the little baby. I, oh, thank you. I, um, I was laughing. You didn't, you might not have heard her, but I always am the one who has to grab the baby when she wakes up. So I have a two-year-old, but I really appreciate you coming and, um, just taking the time to really be open and honest and, um, just talking to us about kind of what you do and, and how you do things. And even the fact of, that you don't put your eggs in all in one basket anymore. And that's, that's huge. Um, I know we do basketball, we coach basketball, um, and we are servants of the game and with our players and everything. But I think a lot of times coaches, which is hard for me to admit, but a lot of times coaches only want to do the game. They only want to talk about basketball. They only, and I'm the opposite. I'm like, don't talk to me about basketball. You can talk to me about everything else. And uh, coach knows this. Everybody on this call may know this, but I'm like, I'm so, um, I enjoy basketball, but when it's not basketball time, like when I'm not going on the court or I'm not preparing specifically for on the court, like I love everything else about it. And I think that's the way 
of how you said we're human beings and that's something that the being part it's mm -hmm. so much more and our players i think enjoy that and i think that's why you've been so successful is your players admire that they look to that they understand that you were just so much more and that they have that possibility of being so much more so i really appreciate it oh thank you thank you so much kendra coach i enjoyed uh everything that was that was a great talk and enjoy little man as much as you can because that uh that, those little men grow up real quick and uh i texted chelsea yesterday uh my little man that was bouncing on my knee and when I was coaching basketball he was on the court dribbling doing all the halftime shows and shooting it up as a three-year-old uh now he's 20 he'll be 26 in a little bit and he's uh coaching well he's teaching he'll be teaching at the same school at G High with uh with Chelsea so okay. enjoy that little man and I, I I appreciate the words that you said I pre I really appreciate making the hard decisions, man, because as a coach, um, a lot of people don't understand what it is that we do when we have to make a really hard decision like that about a player, uh, because it's the holistic approach. Mm -hmm. It's not just what can they do for me approach. Mm -hmm. So awesome job. Thank you. I've enjoyed following you on Facebook, uh, for these last, I don't know, six, eight months. And, uh, uh, just want to say good job. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And those, those hard decisions uh, aren't stuff that you take lightly. Um, they ponder because you wonder if you made the right decision. And, you know, um, but at the same time, you know, it's, you know, it's something that you also pray about. And so I, I feel like, you know, I hope that God, well, I know that God leads me in a lot of them because um, I, I try not to be personal. It's not a personal thing, but at the same time, like you said, it's a holistic thing, and um, and you want to just do do what's right by by the kids that you're serving, and by the one that you, that feels like they're being punished, but they're really not. You're hopefully trying to teach them something a lot bigger than um, than what it is or what they feel it is. Hey, coach. Yes, sir, Robert. Hey, coach. How you doing? I'm wonderful. And I just want to kind of chime in and kind of uh, piggyback off with um, what you were just talking about. I, one, had to go through the same exact thing. Um, I took over a small charter school and I was coaching football. Um, when I first got to the school, there was only 10 kids on the football team. And there was one player that was just way better than everybody. But his attitude was just, I mean, it was all over the place. And he played quarterback. So... It's very hard to find a quarterback, not to mention I only have 10 kids, mm -hmm. you know. So when I first got there, you know, he was a little headache, but, you know, it was something I, I was able to deal with, but it just got worse. And it got worse, and more kids were starting to join the football team, but he was still the best player on the football team. And um, a guy that I look up to um, by the name of Jacquez Green, and I called him. You know, and he basically told me, hey, look, when you're, you know, making those kind of decisions, sometimes it's going to be the best player on your team mm -hmm. that you're going to have to let go. And while you're trying to save that one life, you're sacrificing the rest of the team. And I had to let him go. And it was the toughest thing that I had to probably do as a coach because I knew that 
I wasn't going to be able to get a talent like that in to the school, but it definitely set the standard for me for the rest of the season. And yeah, we got blew out in the spring game. I think we lost 54 to 12 because I didn't have a quarterback. I mean, literally the guy that I had playing quarterback was playing safety, had never took snaps before. So again, it was a, a, a whole transition, but literally going into the summer and as kids are coming out, um, one of the other kids on the team actually came up to me and said, coach, I honestly don't know how you were able to do that because I didn't even realize his grandmother was a teacher at the school. And even when she was on campus, she did everything that she could to help save him. And she came up to me and said, thank you because, you know, he's much better at home. You know, everything is getting a lot better. So he ended up coming on halfway through the season. I actually let him back um, and it set, the standard for him and his grandmother continued to thank me over and over and over again because it was just I don't think anyone in his life would have definitely separated him from the game or set presidents like that for him and he actually just graduated um, from a community college uh, somewhere in Palm Beach and the grandmother gave me a shout and said hey thank you so much would have never thought this day would happen and so Again, you know, um, I just wanted to kind of, you know, just shed light on that situation and to let you know that, hey, Coach, I want some of the same thing. Yeah, well, I appreciate you sharing, man. Thank you. I wanted to say, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Oh, okay. I'm Anna Smith. I'm Francois' aunt. It's father and I, brother and sisters. And I can't talk about football, basketball, but I can't speak on behalf of uh, Francois's father, his stepmother, and his mother. Um, sorry I'm late. I didn't see it till the last minute on my phone that you were having it today. And so ex excuse me for being late, because Francois, I tell you, I'm an on-time person military, so I don't like to be late, and I was trying to sneak in, but I couldn't sneak in, so I just want to say Francois was raised, and he'll tell you, I'm straight up, uh, Francois was raised by his mother and father. They didn't take no answer called no. Whatever they say to Francois and Ray, that was gospel. And they respected their parents, and their parents respected them. But if they do something wrong, Francois know the circumstances, what would come out of it. So what I like about it, he remembers that, and he can pass it on to his child. It's how you treat them, how you want to be treated. That is so important in today's world. And I just want to say I'm so proud of what you're doing and the protection you give to Crystal, Amar. I've been to their home and the love they show to their baby. And just continue working out there because this is a rough world today and we all have to stick together. And I just want to say I love you and I know you'll do well whatever you do. Thank you. Thank you, Auntie.
Coach Q. It's, uh, yes, Coach sir. Tim. Got to talk to you, you know, shoot after after we lost in the panhandle. Talked in the hallway for probably like what an yes, hour, sir. hour and a half, two hours. Yes, sir. But no, uh, it's good to see you. But I just wanted to ask, uh, when when, you, when the time happened at Mississippi State, what were some things that uh, you read or scripts you you went back to to go look back, or was it just the time where you just kind of just went back and went center and kind of grounded yourself again? Well, Tim, I'll be honest with you. Um, it probably was the roughest time because my aunt can tell you that through the whole time I was at Mississippi State and that happened, I was losing my mom. My mom was dying of cancer. And um, and so not not only was I battling that, but I think I was using work as kind of the therapy. And um, and so I think I was always in, in the word because of the, the, the situation of my mom. But the, the one thing that I could go back to, honestly, was, um, you know, just just really, you know, honoring my mom for whatever, whatever was going to happen. Because I just felt like um, my mom had passed. And then six months later, she, she resigns. And then, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of you know, lost. And so basically, I just kept saying, you know, uh, to myself, you know, mama showed me the way, like you eliminate because God has done one thing for me and he I mean he's always eliminated what I'm not supposed to do you know and so even through this COVID stuff man I just pray to God all right send your hand God and you do what you do and I tell him you do what you do because he's always eliminated what where I'm not supposed to go and so even through this time um you know uh the situation here in Missouri State you know, I just basically, I got the phone call and I'm like, all right. I said, God, it's in your hands. You know, I try to be as professional as I can, go handle, you know, the business and close out another chapter. And I had, I had job opportunities left and right. And it just was like, nah, nah, nah. And it, and you know, in your spirit, what you want, what you want to deal with. I know now what I want to deal with, what I need as a professional what I don't need, who I want to work with and who I want to work for. And you know what I'm talking about. I ain't trying to find nobody crazy. Um, I want somebody that's going to talk to me with some sense. Um, I, I want to be respected. I want to be valued. I want to add value. So I try to, I ask God, I say, God, those are all the things that I want. You know what's in my heart. You kind of give me, give me what it is. And then, I mean, and I had six figure jobs that just, Money didn't matter because if, if you get six figures, but you're still unhappy. Now your your, your household's unhappy. They, then so so many other things. The devil you allow the devil to creep in, and then you turn around and you you witnessed it. You turn around. You thought people were happy. Now they're getting divorced, and the house is split up because you you chose. And so I allowed God to choose, and you know, out of the blue, Odessa approaches me. They you know, give me everything that I want. I get to lead. I get to work for a boss that uh, respects my entrepreneurship, wants me to be a value in the community, wants me to speak. I'm like, I'm looking at him like, okay, it's no brainer. Okay, God, you eliminated everything else and you put exactly what was supposed to be in front of me. And so, you know, I just feel like you, you just keep asking and God will give you 
you know, exactly what you want and he will put everything else aside and put it in front of you. Appreciate it. I hope I answered your question. No, you did. Appreciate it. Good to see you too, man. Your hair done grew out. Yeah, man. I, I'm out of Missouri now, so my first year, gonna be my first year out here, so. You down the road. I'm in Springfield. Yeah, so you're, you're going to be going with my man Jake too. Jake's not going to be there either, so two people I know not going to be in Springfield. Yeah, yeah, Jake went to South Alabama. Good stuff. Coach Q, Robert Knox. What's up, Coach Knox? Been a while. It has. Appreciate your work. I uh, appreciate everything you've done for my, my former players when I used to coach with Delaney. Uh, you've done an amazing job with them. They still talk about you today, but I do talk to them. So I appreciate the word, appreciate the journey. And your little man getting big. He is. Your little man getting big. Uh, you and your family are definitely in my prayers. Uh, congratulations on your new jobs. I already know you're going to do well. Um, anything I can help you up here in North Carolina, let me know. And um, I look forward. I'm excited about what God is doing in your future, man. I really appreciate you. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Do we have anybody else? Well, thank you for having me, and I sure appreciate the time and uh, definitely a blessing to to share. And, you know, I pray and keep all you all in in my prayers, and um, you guys keep safe and, uh, and keep allowing God to do what he's doing in your life. No, Coach, we appreciate you. And, you know, the last thing I want to say, which really spoke volumes out of everything you said, I got notes down here from so many great nuggets that you left. But you said we have to, as servant leaders, we have to hold those that we lead to a standard. But we have to live that standard. And I think that's so big, Um, you know, rather with coaches or whatever facet of our lives that we're leading. That's what I love so much about you since I met you down here in Tallahassee you did not stop with just coaching. There were so many different elements to you and everything that you, you know, required of your players or those that you reached, your coaches, those that you lead, you did the same thing. You talk the talk, you walk the walk. So it was almost a no brainer. And much like you said, God will eliminate those things that, you know, we don't need to be going towards and will show you. And I want you to know that just like that same thing you said, it was plain that I had to ask you to be here today. So I just thank you so much just for what you do um, in the midst of this pandemic, praying for you and the family. And I look forward to see, you know, what you do, because I know it's going to be great things at the Odessa College and then everything else that you undertake with your doctorate and all that good stuff. So I thank you so much again for being here. If there's anything that I can ever do on my end, you know, just shout out. Um, And so I just thank you so much. So if everybody else can just bow your head so we can say a prayer before we get out. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you again for coming again today and just gathering and fellowship in your name, Lord God. We ask right now, Lord God, that you just lay your hand on Coach Q, Lord God. Continue to enlarge his territory, Lord God, as he leads in the way that you would have him to lead, Lord God. Touch every coach, every leader, Lord God, and everyone that this prayer touches, Lord God, we ask that you just be in the midst, Lord God. Let your will be done in all of these things, Lord God. This is a new and unprecedented time, but in these times, it is not new for you, Lord God. So just help us to trust you. Help us to believe in you, Lord God. And for somebody that may not know you, help us, Lord God, to continue to be great servant leaders so they can see the Christ in us that you have and be glorified, Lord God. Be with us, Lord God, right now. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.